This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Subscribe to our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Great place to listen to the show at your leisure. Also, take in the audio vanity card. We put that on the end of the full show podcast, but you can listen to the show in segment form. If you, you like our veterinarian or the guy that delivers sports on Fridays, sorry, his name eludes me at the moment. But if you like that, you can <laughs> check it out via the podcast. Just simply going, going back, folks. That's the Kelly and Rubby podcast. Subscribe. Maybe while you're in there, give us a rating and review if you would. Kelly McDonald from the home studio in London, Ontario, from the home studio in Kitchener, Ontario, Brock Richardson. There it is, Kelly. You didn't forget. Uh, it's time to talk headlines with Grant Hardy. Let's bring him on. Hey, I'm Grant Hardy, and welcome to the Headlines segment. I tackle everything from health and lifestyle to accessibility and tech. I have it all right here on Kelly and Ramia. Hello, Grant. How are you? Hey, happy Wednesday. I am I am hanging in there. How about you guys? Doing pretty well for a Wednesday midweek, mm-hmm. you know. We're <laughs> we're almost there to Friday, but we're just halfway there. So it's kind of six <laughs> of one, half a dozen of another. It'll it, it always seems much closer to Friday as Wednesday moves on. You know what I mean? Like as you get to like the middle or the end of the day. Like, even oh, in the morning, so right? Even though it's still the first half of the week, even in the morning, it still feels like, oh, gosh, yeah, fuck it. Well, you, <laughs> yeah, you are an optimist. I, <laughs> I, find, <laughs> I find from noon onwards on Wednesday, that's ah. when you start to sort of feel See that. Me too. Okay, I'm at lunchtime, and here we go, on to the next thing. <laughs> I mean, officially, you're right. I'm sorry. I feel it kind of first thing, but you're right. Officially, noon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of moving on, let's move on mm, to your first item, yeah, Grant. Probably, probably a wise, mm. uh, wise choice. You know what? I thought this would uh, provoke kind of an interesting discussion, but I found an article about uh, it talks about rideshare drivers, delivery drivers, people who work for these apps like Skip and Uber Eats. Uh, there was a group protesting in BC outside of the. Labor Minister's office, and they're asking for better working conditions. Now, it turns out there actually is legislation in BC that was introduced last year, and it guarantees gig drivers 120% of minimum wage during engaged time, which means while carrying passengers, and compensation through WorkBC. It also provides more protection for drivers being kicked off an app and more uh, transparency about rides before you accept a uh, booking. But the drivers who are protesting say these changes do not go far enough, that engaged time provisions only cover about half their time on the road, uh, leaving them not earning anything in between. Plus, there's sick time, there's vehicle depreciation, and gas, then GST, uh, benefits, vacation, all that stuff that these gig workers don't get. And they also would like more transparency from rideshare companies themselves about how the company is collecting from passengers, how much, and how much is going to drivers. Uh, And they have absolutely zero protection from companies who suddenly deactivate them 
from the app because the customer has said or rated them some way, depending on whether that was true or not, they have no idea. So I thought this would kind of be an interesting discussion because, you know, we often hear the flip side in the disability community and understandably so where drivers either are not willing to help us, they deny access to people with who have service dogs, uh, et cetera, which of course is unacceptable, but, I think it's kind of interesting, the gig economy and some of the consequences about it that we haven't really thought of, where we literally have mm. these apps that could use like AI or who knows to determine like, are you allowed to work? Are you not? Who do we give the work to? And especially for people with disabilities who often take gig economy jobs. And I think that we've, I don't know what you guys think, but I basically think that, um, people lose out, like workers lose out because they're not protected. Mm, I think that's the big thing, um, to save money, to make these things affordable for companies to do, economically sensible. It means somebody gets left out of whether it's uh, benefits, whether it's the manpower to kind of police whatever said service. So you get somebody who doesn't have time to answer the calls, field the complaints, you then hear the argument of the driver. You get a lot of these reasons to make it impossible to actually talk to the person. So like you say, using the AI to answer your questions when you file your complaint, and that includes the driver. The driver who has been made to feel, oh, well, you have such a great opportunity to come here and make some money. All you have to do is do it right. True. Yeah. True. But when yeah. things go sour, you still deserve explanation. Hey, somebody complained today because, and, and sometimes, let's be fair, you have people who do that trying to look for some money back, trying to look for some kind of whatever. They didn't like the, the fedora you were wearing in the front seat, so they're like, get that off of there. That guy looks like an idiot. I don't trust him driving me. Whatever it might be, um, you know, I don't know. And said driver, Tim, who has been accused of doing this and that and whatever, does not have any recourse because we as a customer, I say this happened. What do you say? They want you to come back. Driver, they're probably someone else who will take your gig if you get mad or you just, you know, angry. Well, and I'm, I'm not going to book in for a few days. That's exactly one of my other points, too, was that, you know, you, you take about, you know, look at union jobs or, you know, other jobs where you can yes. you can strike. And, you know, a few people might go past the picket lines, but they're they're very, very low. Or not, not necessarily agree but, with the strike, but this is the but, formula. This is what you with the job like we've talked about it as broadcasters over at CBC. You don't do stuff because the unions in there, different unions mm -hmm. and you're on air. You don't go reach ground. I'll just, you know, tighten this knob. It seems to be coming loose. no. There's a, a somebody who's protected by their union from you messing around like that. That's their work. Exactly. But these guys don't but have it, Grant. They they don't have it, and you would never know one way or the other. The only thing you could mm -hmm. do is just not log on to your app. I mean, they don't really care one way or the other, and someone else is going to take that job. I think Rock. I think there has to be a little bit of the whole, you know, there has to be that protection of, where he or she word against the driver's word. I do think mm -hmm. there is something because you don't want to give too much power to the passenger because the driver still gets a vote. The part where I struggle, Grant, is the whole uh, when you don't have a passenger, you you don't you don't get paid. I kind of like I kind mm -hmm. of understand that only because I live in a world where 
when you're contracted, you do the work, you get paid. If you're not doing the work or you're coming to work, therefore I'm not getting paid. The difference is in their situation, it's a, well, I have to drive to get to said place to do my job. So I think there's a bit of both there for me, a bit of column A, column B. But yes, for sure, it's a, you need to protect the driver with a, the complaints because a lot of the time they take the the passenger why as we've all said because they're the ones that are paying the dollars for the rides and the business well you exactly. also feel grant like the driver nor us as passengers or customers have an easy route to file whether it's a complaint to rebuttal about something to clarify something or clear something up or to defend oneself it, it it's almost the mechanism that as brock mentioned being a contract you, you know, employee in, in some form or uh, someone in this gig economy, it's almost like, well, since you're not a full-time, you're not um, that kind of position, not protected by a union, <laughs> these are the rights. And I know it, this goes beyond complaints and whatever. There are other workplace uh, issues that the rideshare drivers uh, have been having. Exactly. I just one other thing to add here is that I, I know we've kind of talked about this before that when you have some sort of system that's not very flexible, it often can hurt m marginalized people more. So for example, um, if the driver is being a nice person as they should be, and perhaps, you know, get out of their car to help you as someone who maybe has a disability, help you directly to the location, which might be across the street, whatever it is, you know, all that does is, uh, you know, unfortunately adds a couple of extra minutes on their trip where the app is thinking like, why are you being so slow? Or why don't you seem to be moving? Why aren't you accepting your next trip? Whatever it is. Uh, and that's difficult because I don't think there's really any way in the system to kind of indicate like I am doing my I'm job. giving I'm assistance. Just, Exactly. You know, and, and it's hard because so much of that grant used to be part of jobs like that, getting out of the car mm -hmm. to open the door for somebody, um, you know, whatever it might be, where this system is a basically we see you pull up, out they go because everything's paid for via card. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The other thing, the other thing that I would just say here on this and and maybe both of you can weigh in is that when I drive in a cab, I find that they drive tremendously slow and the first reaction of the companion that i'm with is usually oh it's because they want to make more money and when there's no passenger they're driving around like crazy people which is stereotypical of course but mm. i often wonder too yeah but are they doing that on the basis of look i have somebody in my case in a wheelchair I don't want to be liable to have them in an accident, so I am going to proceed with more caution versus not. And, and this is the the, the struggle I that I have in my mind all over the place, right? Like you don't want yeah. that being something said either. It's just it's it's kind of funny. I, I mean, also, are you comfortable to tell the driver the route you want them to take? Well, that's um, just it. Uh, that's is, a big one is, for me. Is there a way that you can? speak up while maybe feeling a little bit more vulnerable than average let's say is is there a way it takes it takes tremendous people skills and confidence to kind of navigate all of this and figure out i don't what know how you do that i don't know how you do that without making the person feel like 
you're disrespecting my job like exactly. that well and, but 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 in that point you're renting this vehicle you're paying for it and my view is yeah but i'm paying for the gas you're burning up now i'm paying for your time right now you take the way that i want you today because i don't want to be in this car longer than i have to with you what did you say <laughs> oh, lots of uh Lots of room to grow on this. Yeah, I, I actually uh, don't think that's a problem, Nick, to be honest with you. It, it, and for some drivers, I'm sure they appreciate it because then it's your responsibility. If you tell them, take this route, and they pull off onto it and there's a traffic jam, oh, well, hey, you, they're just doing what you said. Go ahead, yeah. Matt. Sorry, your next thing. Oh, no worries. Yeah, just really quick, and it relates to, to this as well, kind of on the flip side. Uh, in transit in BC, we've had a two-day strike where oh, the buses yes. have all been shut down. Uh, apparently, there's been very little progress in terms of talks, at least as of last night, and they're now thinking of picketing at our train stations, our sky train stations, like your subway, which would mean those would also be shut down. Uh I guess I'm kind of preaching to the choir a little bit, uh, but I, I do find, I mean, listen, unions are incredibly important things, and I'm, I'm so glad that we have access to those and the workers have access to bargaining at the bargaining table. On the other hand, it really affects marginalized people, especially oh. in a situation like this, where if we were doing the show, you know, from the office, let's say, what you know what are you going to say i just can't show That's up for it. a couple of days so or the expensive cabs the expensive cabs and uber you know again uber has turned if on you can get the pricing. ride right mm -hmm. if you can and the get rides the ride are expensive yeah 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 it's it's one of those things grant that i've i've always look at you have to have a right to be able to fight for what you're after. You have to have that mechanism, and I feel bad. But when you talk certain services, I still feel transit in any most circumstances out there is life and death. All right, it's not fair someone should lose their job, not fair someone can't make rent because they've had to be able to pay to go by transit because there's a strike. But I also understand that that union has a right to protect their, 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 their union members. Um, but I'm sorry... It's one of those things that I, I think is unfair, but it gets pushed aside because we treat people who ride transit sometimes in some places less than we do those who jump in their cars. Oh, yeah. Be nice to have a little yeah. more of a social safety net. That, oh, yeah, for sure. Good stuff. Grant, thank you. Have a fantastic rest of the show, guys. Grant Hardy joins us Wednesday and Fridays to flip through headlines. We step aside for a couple of moments, ladies and gentlemen. And you Sopranos fans, you have already heard a little bit about the buzz, you know, 25 years. Holy cow, as they celebrate that, it makes you stop and say, wow, does that ever make me feel old? Greg David, he stops by in just a couple of moments to give us a bit of a history lesson on the award-winning show. Sopranos Chat, next. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Rumya return with more in a moment. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.